What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 43 of TLDR Podcast. We are happy to have you on. Thank you for listening. Um, Eric, once again, is MIA. He's got uh, practice with the Clippers tonight, so he will not be on this podcast, so we're going to miss him. But we got everyone else here, uh, trading James and Alex, along with me, with myself, Tyler. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we're, ha- we're happy to have you. Um, so first, let's, let, let's uh, check in with the boys. Uh, James, how are you and your Tesla doing? Dude, I love it. Um, I don't have to pay for gas. Gas is going through the roof. The charger at work doesn't work right now, so I have to go to a supercharger to charge it every single time, which only takes me 40 minutes. So I can sit there for 40 minutes and get 240 miles, which is great. So I can pretty much do that once a week. Um, but yeah, I love my Tesla. You should get one too. That's the dream. You know, that's the goal. So hopefully one day I'll, I'll have one of those Teslas. So glad you're enjoying it. And I'm happy to have uh, good reviews coming back because, you know, I, I, I trust your uh, reviews. So that's good. Good stuff. Um, Alex, the first installment of Dodgers and Padres this weekend uh, was very exciting. What were your overall thoughts of that series and uh, looking forward to another set this upcoming weekend in Los Angeles? Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're a Dodgers or a Padres fan, you had to have enjoyed those games um if you're a Padres fan getting that last win's huge uh you really don't want to get swept by the Dodgers first first series of the year but especially the Friday night game back and forth back and forth and then the weirdest half an inning I've ever seen a relief pitcher getting an RBI sack fly off of a position player pitching caught by a pitcher playing the outfield Mm-hmm. One of <laughs> yeah. Wait, rewind. Yeah. Do that again. You, okay, do that again. Yeah, I can do this again. <laughs> you so, and Trayton's faces were great when I was doing that. The Padres pitcher was their second baseman most of the time. He was pitching because they ran out of pitchers. Okay. The Dodgers hitter was the current relief pitcher that was pitching, who's also been in the American League for like ninety nine percent of his career. So he never, never hits David Price. And oh. then he hit first pitch, hit a sacrifice fly. Yeah, the Dodgers are so good. A Cy Young winner is in the bullpen. <laughs> yeah. The left fielder was Joe Musgrove, who had just pitched a no-hitter for the Padres and was in left field. And he caught the, the fly ball out and then a run scored. One of the weirdest baseball man things I've ever seen. <laughs> Pretty I'm wild, lost, but I mean, they could have pitched Joe Musgrove, but I'm assuming they wanted to, you know, like it was his bullpen day or something. So they didn't actually want him to. Anyway, well, that got way off topic, but yeah, it was also great, also, great series. Yeah, also love the, uh, the the chirping going back and forth between those two clubs. Uh, it's going to be great. I mean, must watch TV. Those those series. I'm super pumped that we get another one this weekend. So. Dodgers Padres, if you're not watching it yet, make sure you start watching those games because they're very exciting. They're basically World Series games at like every single time. They're they're absolutely fantastic. Uh Traden, um, did you hear the news that uh, some scientists created a human and monkey embryo and we're gonna have um human monkey people soon? No, I I, I did talking about yourself. No, I mean that's it's debatable, but yeah, what are, what are sounds like a segment we got to dive into. Bad scientists making these monkey humans. Yeah, I've never, I've, I've never, literally never heard of anything like that. But that's something that we do need to talk about on the podcast when, you know, sports start to slow down. These are the things we need yeah. to write down, get, you know, get this list of stuff that kind of fills the gap in the summer, you know? Yeah. If, if, if life wasn't crazy enough, there are, there's now human monkeys in the world, which 
don't know. Absolutely insane. All right. I, I, I just wanted <laughs> to hold up. Why, why did he even bring that up? Like what was the was, basis of that? I, I, it was for me, it was the news of the weekend. I, I saw that and I would, and I, and I freaked out. I guess of all people, he thought that I would be the one to have any to opine. I don't on know. It. I but, thought, I thought you were with the trade. My bad. Next time. But, the problem is we don't have Eric here. Eric could be all yeah, over. Yeah, Eric would be on that. You're right. So that was more of an Eric question. So it was, yeah. My bad. No feel. All right. Uh, <laughs> when we come back, uh, we're going to start off with the NBA. Alex is going to take us through his NBA segment. So stick with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking NBA basketball. As always, Alex is going to take us through the top storylines of the latest week of NBA action. Alex, what you got for us this week? Yeah, it was another great week in the NBA. Um, but first, fantasy-wise, we are in the playoffs. Tyler did squeak in, which is yes. really unfortunate. Huge. Uh, so I am the one seed, obviously. Tyler's the four seed. Uh, James, with a huge comeback, is now the two seed. Uh, he's facing off against Jose. We'll see how that goes. It's two weeks, so we got a little bit to go before that finishes up. But that is kind of fun that three of us are in there trading. Sorry, <laughs> sorry bud. <laughs> you got beat out by Jose. Come on, bro. Brutal. Um, okay. First off, mad props to Eric last week. He called this injury live as we were recording. Jamal, Jamal Murray tore his ACL for the Nuggets. Go back and listen to it. He, go, he goes, oh, I think he just tore his ACL. So, mad props to Eric. He's not here, but when he listens to this later, he'll hear that. So, uh, so yeah, Jamal Murray tore his ACL. Um, that's a season-ending ending injury um, for the Nuggets star. So, we're going to start with his injury, um, and then we're going to go to another, another injury. But Tyler, um, for Jamal Murray, he's out for the season. You know, the Nuggets were, were playing, playing really well. Um, is this their championship hopes over now? Is it done? Or do they still got a chance because they have an MVP center? Yeah, it, it makes a huge dent in that in those uh, championship uh, quests for them. Um, I mean, he, he's their second best player uh, behind the Joker. So um, it, it's going to be hard to replace that. Um, but the, as you mentioned, the Nuggets have been playing very, very well. I do think that they have one of the best, more deeper teams in in, in the Western conference. Um, but this is going to be a huge blow in turn. I think they'll obviously they'll, they'll, they'll still be a playoff team. I think that the, I think that they could easily win a series in the playoffs with, without a uh, Murray. Um, but I don't think they're going to get much further than that. Um, so the title chances for me are very slim to, to, to none at, at this point. Um, I mean, guys are going to really have to step up. Uh, Porter jr. Has been having a great season. Um, he's gonna have to do more, and then Aaron Gordon, the the big trade, the trade that they got, he's gonna have to step up as well. Um, but I don't know. It, it it's it's tough to lose a big star like that and really consider yourselves title contenders. It just doesn't happen in in basketball often, and it's it it sucks. Like it, you never want to see this with any team, even if you're rooting against that team. You want to see your best players against the the other team's best players. Uh, it sucks for the game of basketball. Um, sucks for the Nuggets. Um, it's just, it's really, uh, a hard thing, to, hard thing to see and, uh, best of luck for, to, uh, Jamal and his recovery. Uh, hopefully he comes back next year. Hopefully that the Nuggets can make another run at it, but as terms of this year, slim. Yeah, I actually agree with you. I mean, we talk about, it seems like we talk about this every single week, but the NBA is the most star driven league that we talk about. 
Um, and, you know, Jamal Murray was one of the one of their stars. He helped carry them to the Western Conference Finals last year. Um, I agree with you. I think they can win a series. Um, you know, the Joker could maybe carry them to two series, but I just don't know that West is really top heavy. You know, if the Lakers get healthy, the Clippers, the Suns, the Jazz, that's a lot of really good teams. Steph's still out there. You know, he can carry a team. So, uh, well, it's a bummer because I thought, you know, the Nuggets had a really good shot at maybe surprising some people. So um, hopefully Jamal Murray comes back healthy next year. And then right not too long after that, Donovan Mitchell goes down with an injury. Uh, he has a sprained ankle. It doesn't seem as bad. Uh, it, I think I read he's only going to miss a couple of games, maybe like a week or so, you know, better than like LeBron's who, you know, he's missed a month plus now. Um, Hold if, up real fast. Go for you it. see all these superstars are now getting injured, right? On every single team. Nobody has been untouched. What are your thoughts on the condensed schedule and how's, how's that affected injuries? I mean, it definitely has. I mean, almost every team has gone through injuries, like extensive injuries, except for maybe the Clippers. Like Paul George has been out a little bit. Kawhi's been out, but like not compared to some of these other teams. The Suns have been pretty healthy. I think, uh, you know, if we're looking at it, it's all the teams that made deep runs into the playoffs last year, the shortest offseason season. Um, a condensed schedule. They're playing a lot of back-to-backs, and it's just the way the NBA had to do it to try to get the season through. I mean, we've there's been COVID issues. Um, you, I mean, yeah, you're probably right. It's probably just, you know, these guys don't get to rest as much. The injuries just pile up. Um, I don't know. What do you think that the superstars should have taken time off and done those rest days like the Clippers have been doing in order to keep their stars from injury? I mean. As a fan, no, because I want to see those guys play. If I'm an NBA executive, yes, because, I mean, we saw what Kawhi could do for the Raptors as a, you know, healthy scratch for feels like half the season, and then he led that team to a championship, you know, two years ago. So um, as a strategy, it's probably a really good idea. But as a fan, um, you know, especially with fans coming back to the stands, like, all those tickets are crazy expensive. How mad would you be if you, you know, pay to see a Clippers game and both Kawhi and Paul George are sitting? I mean, they actually that's have always, that's uh, ticket insurance that you can buy now. Companies actually like let you take out insurance against that happening. And if, and if your favorite player doesn't play, they refund you some or all of your proceeds. It's kind of crazy huh. or all of your costs. It's kind of crazy. That's no free ads. I don't remember the name, so I'm not going <laughs> to. No free ads. No perfect for this, though. We need to reach yeah. out for the, to them. Yeah, dude, I did dude. not know that. That is super cool. Yeah. Um, Only in basketball because it, it's always like it, that's the only the load management that James was kind of alluding to, right? You know, that's the only yeah. sport that really do, they do it. Yeah, I mean, baseball, like, guys will take off days, but because they play so many games – you know, load. It's not really load management. It's more of just like if you don't take an off day, you're gonna get hurt, right? Kind of thing. So, um, that's it. Yeah, uh, James, that's a really good point. Yeah, it's probably. I mean, it's definitely affected it. Obviously, it seems like a rash of injuries compared to you know past seasons. But um, so yeah, Donovan Mitchell, Tyler, he's out for a week, maybe. Um, if he does not come back 100%, Donovan Mitchell. What are the Jazz on the same same question? What are the Jazz hope as you know, the right now the number one seed? Yeah, I mean, I think he will come back 100% healthy. Um, obviously, ankle sprains in, in the game of basketball are are not easy. 
Um, but, you know, I think that they're going to take their time in getting him back. I mean, um, I would say probably, you know, mid or early to mid may return uh, for, for uh, Mitchell is probably going to be realistic. They're going to take their time with this one. It uh, doesn't look like the ankle sprain is too significant. Um, so you're looking at a first, second, I don't know exactly what the port was, but it doesn't look like it was too, it was too major. Um, so those are pretty standard. Um, but again, obviously in basketball, it's, it's, it's tough. So you may not see hundred percent Mitchell. Um, but I think, you know, with, with the level of care that, that he's going to get, um, I think that he will. Um, so they're going to, you know, sacrifice potential placement in the standings in order to get him back hundred percent and make sure that when they start their playoff run, that he's going to be the best that he can be given the circumstances. So, um, it, it, it's probably going to take longer than I think fans and probably a lot of people are going to want. Um, it might be just before the, the playoff start that he actually gets back in there and, and starts playing some, some games, but um, obviously a tough one, but I think also a little bit of a kind of a good news where it's not, you know, a Jamal Murray type of injury where it's season ending and it's you know over. Um, but obviously if Donovan Mitchell's not hundred percent, you know, that's going to be a huge blow for the jazz. I mean, he's, he's probably arguably their, their best player. Um, so not having him um, will be a huge blow. And I think with everyone else getting healthy in the West, that's going to be a big advantage for everyone else. Um, but I do believe that Donovan Mitchell will come back and he'll be the same Donovan Mitchell as before. Um, I think, I think he'll be okay. Okay. James, you were making, Tyler. Yep. First of all, in the beginning of your little rant there, your answer, you answered the question. You said he will be hundred percent. Then in the middle, you were like, he's not going to be hundred percent. And you come back and you're like, he's going to be 100%. Make up your mind. What is it? 100% or not? I don't remember saying he's not going to be 100%. You did in the middle. I said if so you, he is not. But I said okay. but I, well, I, as I, a medical said, professional, I that he will be. As a medical professional, you know how long ankle sprains take to recover all, 100%. The answer is six months. They don't have six months to give him. He has weeks. He's not going to be 100%. He's not, he'll put up numbers, but he's not going to be the same dude. I mean, I, I disagree. I think, I think that, you know, they're going to get him back, you know, and yeah, I mean, to the structurally in the ligament, it's not going to be hundred percent. No, of course not. But they're going to get him to a point where he can play at his best. And that's what I took hundred percent to be not, is he going to be healed hundred percent? No, but is he going to play at hundred percent, his ability to play? Yes. That is, that's how I. Given the structural damage that's occurred, he'll be hundred percent of what he can be, but not hundred percent of what it used to be. Yes. I feel like you're wording those questions to, like, to trick me here. I don't know. Yeah, it's not really. It's like, <laughs> never mind. I, hope Monk, Monk I think mind, bro. I, the Donovan Mitchell he was before, right, be, before the injury, I think that Donovan Mitchell will be the same once he comes back. Okay. Trade and I feel like we're just <laughs> along for the ride here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I kind of agree with both of you. I think that <laughs> – like, oh my god so <laughs> he's gonna come back he'll play well enough he's not gonna be 100 percent though he'll come back he'll still be a very That's good player but he's going to be it's going to be you know 90 95 um from someone that is again a doctor because i've watched like three seasons of house now um I, he'll, he should be fine yeah watch it all some doctor doctor there you go doctor yeah. doctor 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 james um <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, let's move on. Well, if you take it six months, he'll he's only gonna be ten like ten percent good. I mean that's really <laughs> <Okay>. so <laughs> the rate of healing at the point of maximum stretch is higher, and the more healing that occurs, the amount of healing the the rate of healing is slower. Oh, so it's not linear. Ah, see. it's not linear, no. There you go. See, we're all learning today. We're all right. learning something new today. Okay, let's move on. Um, 10%. 10%. Mitchell, one leg. Um, okay. <laughs> staying, staying in the West, a team that's playing really well, the Dallas Mavericks. Luka Doncic had an insane game winner, one-footed, banked-in three ball. It was a little lucky. It was a little awesome all at the same time. Um, now, with these injuries, as we've now concluded, Donovan Mitchell will not be 100% when he comes back. Jamal Murray will be at 0% because he's not playing. Uh, how far, James, can the Dallas Mavericks go in the, in the Western Conference as we stand right now, assuming the Lakers get healthy? Because that, that seems like the whole big caveat on the Western Conference is if the Lakers are healthy, it's totally different. If they're not healthy, it feels much more wide open. But uh, Luka, Dallas, how far are they going? Hot take, but – how far the Mavericks go does not depend on Luca's, on Luca. It's not on Luca's shoulders, mainly because Luca's gonna do Luca things. He's been doing it for two years. That's expected. He's gonna continue doing that unless he gets hurt. So he's gonna be hundred percent if he doesn't get hurt, Tyler. Um, but the way that these Mavericks go, they have the green light to shoot anywhere. Luca excels at the driving kick, which is why his numbers on the assist are so high. Um, when the Mavericks are making their shots, they're pretty unbeatable. But Luca needs help. He can't be the only guy. We talked about this time and time again. You can't have one superstar and expect to do well in the NBA. You can't expect to win a playoff series if you have one superstar. You need help. Porzingis used to be regarded as a superstar, and he's putting up double-double numbers now, but he isn't a superstar. He's a star. So that he needs to really step up his game and really be Luca's sidekick in order for the Mavericks to go far. That being said, Max make the second round. They have Luca. He's gonna be. He's gonna do well. But other than that, it's kind of like, where where's the mismatches? They don't have anybody else who can really dominate outside of Luca. Everybody else can match up against them, and can shoot better than them. But when the Mavericks get hot, that's when they shoot better. But that's few and far between. Given the record now, it's few and far between. Um, so yeah, Max second round. They have to make it that far. I hope they do. I really want to watch Luca continue playing the playoffs. It's going to give him more confidence. It's going to make him a better player overall. Okay, so by max second round, you mean they could win one series and then they'll Correct. lose in the next one. Yes. I, 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 I really don't want to agree with you because that's kind of boring. But in the NBA, I mean, he could – Luca could take them to a Western Conference Finals if he just goes off for two series. If the Mavs play – even remotely kind of okay defense. Their offense is so good that they could shut down some teams, but I do, I do kind of agree with you. I think they've got a good shot at maybe winning one series, but they need to get out of the, the play in tourney, um, you know, cause they're going to end up playing a Suns or a jazz or, you know, one of those top three teams or so. And that's, that's a tough pull at the end of your first series of the, uh, of the playoffs. So um, I, you know, I love Luca. I hope we get to see him more in the playoffs, but I kind of agree with you. Just uh, one one series, possibly just done in the first round. 
Um, okay, and then last, lastly, back-to-back ownership questions for trading on the basketball segment. Dwayne Wade, kind of, I feel like out of no, oh, out of nowhere, bought into the Utah Jazz. Um, he's now a part owner, and he said that he wants to be a very active member in the franchise. Um, he had to like write a letter to the Miami fans saying, "I'm just, you know, Miami's still in my heart." I'm like, it's not like he bought into the Celtics or something. Heat fan, like, calm down. Uh, you know, he's just trying to like diversify, get into the ownership game. I mean, Shaq's a part owner of the Kings. And no one gives a shit about that. So um, trade in, you know, the Utah Jazz typically, you know, middle of the road. They're not, you know, as we talk about, they're not on the coast. They're one of those middle American teams. Um, what can D Wade bring to the Jazz, um, you know, with his ownership and obviously vast amounts of experience? Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to start out by saying I, I, I love this. I, I love this move. I think this is awesome. Um, and, Dwayne Wade has been, has been looking to find some entrepreneurial, you know, is, is a very entrepreneurial uh, business guy. He's, he, he's been looking to find some ownership, you know, kind of for a while now, or at least find some way into the business side of basketball. And this is it. Um, and I mean, I understand why he did, he did write that letter to the Miami heat. I mean, he is the greatest Miami heat to ever play. And I'm not saying, and I know LeBron James played for the Miami Heat, but I, I, I look at LeBron James as a player who played on the Miami Heat, wasn't a Miami Heat. There's a, there's a, there's a, a, a difference there, if you, really, if you understand what I'm saying there. Um, everyone regards Dwayne Wade as, as the greatest Heat. He is, he, is a te- he is the heart and soul of that franchise, so I get it. But, you know, Dwayne Wade wanted to, has wanted to grow um, his, his, his skill set, his his business side of things for a while now. And this is, this is his way to do that. And very similar to, to, you know, last week when, when we were talking about a rod, Dwayne Wade's going to bring that, that, that want for players to come to Utah, right? That, that it's, it's a very, it's a very similar type of um, type of a gig. However, I'll say this, I think that Dwayne Wade's going to have a bigger impact because of the type of impact he's already had on Donovan Donovan Mitchell. He already has a very good, you know, relationship with Donovan Mitchell. And now that he's going to Utah, that's going to only, you know, continue. And it's going to make, you know, new, new guys that enter the league want to go to Utah and play. And the greatest thing about this is this is the first time that we've seen a, a, a former player become an owner of a team that is up and coming. I mean, the Utah Jazz are are much better than they were, you know, than they ever been for a, for a while. I mean, they're, they're they're one of the greatest teams, you know, in in recent, you know, one of the better teams now. And those other guys, you look at Michael Jordan, you look at um, Shaq. Those guys, those guys bought teams that are, haven't really, you know, were either at a at a plateau, weren't going anywhere. And Dwayne Wade's actually purchasing a team on the um, on the up and up, and I think that he's actually going to be able to bring you know, his immense basketball know-how um, to the organization. Um, obviously he's an analyst at TNT and I think that he's going to have to, you know, um, sever that if he wants to get into the operation side and, and we'll see if the, he actually goes down that route. Um, I just think that his star power, his, the, the kind of guy he is, he's like one of the greatest guys out there. I mean, he's just a genuinely good dude. Um, and his, his just, leadership qualities is just kind of huge when you when you look at it from an even if he's a minority owner of, of the team so 
I like this for the Utah Jazz going forward. I think that young players are going to want to play for Utah. Like you said, this is not one of the coast teams. And when these types of players buy, buy these type of teams, it actually makes them, you know, teams that are attractive to, to play for and go to. And, um, and I think that that's, that's going to start, you know, early with, or that's already started with that um, relationship with Donovan Mitchell and it's only going to continue from there. So I, I love it. Um, and, you know, congratulations to Dwayne Wade. He, he, he deserves it. He, he, um, and, you know, good luck in, in your next step of, you know, life. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, this is, you know, the Utah, they had some good teams, um, you know, in like the mid two thousands, but this is the best team they probably had since the Stockton Malone era, which has been like 25 years now or something. Um, and you're right. Dwayne Wade is a very respected person in basketball. It also helps that he's from Chicago, a huge basketball city. And he played in South Florida where there's a lot of, you know, a lot of basketball fans as well. So I agree. I think he's going to bring in young players who watched him as they were growing up and, and they'll want to go play in Utah. And it helps that you have a budding superstar in Donovan Mitchell, who in six months will be 100% healthy. And, <laughs> and a, um, you know, defensive player of the year candidate every single year and Rudy Gobert. Um, I, yeah, again, it's, it's very, it's kind of a very similar thing to the A-Rod minute Timberwolves thing we talked about last week, but it's better because it's Dwayne Wade and he's a basketball legend. Um, and he is one of, you know, one of the guys around the league that people do respect. So, um, good. Yeah. Good for Dwayne Wade. Good for the, you know, the state of Utah and, you know, in the Utah jazz, um, it'll, yeah, it'll be exciting to see what, what Dwayne can bring to that franchise. Um, but Tyler, that is, that's it. That's all I've got for basketball this week. Well, if anyone is a hundred percent, it's definitely Alex Steamy's NBA segments. So great job. <laughs> oh, with thanks, bud. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to hit the ice and trading is going to lead us in another NHL segment. Let's go. Welcome back, everybody. We're going to hit the ice and trading is going to lead us in another NHL segment with all the latest in the NHL trading what you got for us this week all right another week gone and I'm currently three minutes left in my uh, Edmonton Montreal game and it has been one of the best hockey games I've seen in a while um, what a what a game um, if you're not watching it I guess it's a little late to turn it on now but it is a hell of a game um, I, go, go back and watch it if you have a chance um, we're gonna start I'm gonna start with the uh, the playoffs for our fantasy league um, obviously the four TLDR boys, not including myself, are in it. Um, we're gonna we'll start with uh, so Eric is leading Tyler after one week by a mere thirty three points. Like like it is amazingly close, I... amazingly tight. I mean thirty three points is I mean that's nothing. That's that's one decent period from by a goalie. As we know, the goalies make your team in this league. Um, and then Alex is losing to James by a mere, if I can do math, 24 points. I mean, that, again, it's so damn close. And I know that James forgot to set a lineup, so it could be a little bit bigger of a margin. But it only makes it better when it's this tight. Um, for us on the outside looking in, we love to see um, 
we love to see the 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 big battles and that's what we're seeing here so yeah, we got to start um, doing like instagram updates you know, yeah I, I, just I, every day just you know get an update on where, where the tldr tldr boys are doing in hockey i think <laughs> you, you i think i think the world needs to know about this matchup they're, they're mm. fantastic it, it actually might be good to just put like snaps like do a like a snapshot yeah. and then put it on the story like that's yeah. all you really need yeah. you know just to no, that's like nope. takes five seconds. I could even do that. I will probably do that. Do um, okay, we're gonna get into the nitty gritty here. Um, I'm, we're gonna start with the the greatest, um, the, pretty much the greatest uh, story of the week. Patrick Marlowe this past weekend um, tied Gordy Howe for the most regular season games played at one thousand seven hundred sixty seven games. And after tonight's game against the Vegas Golden Knights, he is at the top of the list at 1,768 regular season games. This is an amazing achievement. Um, and, you know, first of all, you know, I, I asked Tyler, just kind of give his, you know, Tyler, give us your opinion on this achievement um, and before I kind of chime in and give me, give my two cents. Yeah. It, I think games played in any professional sport, whether it be consecutive streaks, whether it be overall like this one, that's probably one of the most impressive um, records or stats you can have. Just the, the longevity it takes to play at that elite level for so long. Really, it's really hard to explain how impressive that is. Um, so congratulations to, to Marlo. That's, that's a hell of an achievement. He's probably playing right now as we speak in, in, in the game tonight. Um, but yeah, especially in a sport like hockey, I mean, the, the amount of, of athleticism overall it takes to be a hockey player is, is incredible. You have to have a lot of different um, elite skills um, as an athlete to be able to play that sport just for a game, let alone a, th- a thousand plus, whatever the, the number is, a thousand, nine, nine, 1900 games or whatever it is. Uh, it's very impressive, at least 24 NHL seasons. I mean, unbelievable. I think for me, the best part of it, as much as I, you know, I'm the Kings fan, so I don't like the Sharks. The fact that he was able to come back to the Sharks this season after a couple of years away to have this record be broken with the Sharks, I think is super special. So I'm sure Sharks fans love that. I'm sure, you know, uh, Patrick Marlowe, I think that's super special to him. He played, you know, 96% of those games in a Sharks uniform. So for him to break the record in um, back in San Jose, I think is, is, is super special. So uh, congrats to Patrick Marlowe. One hell of an achievement. Yeah, um, you're absolutely right. This guy was drafted second overall in 1997 by the San Jose Sharks. He's been with them through most of his career. As you mentioned, he did have a little stint in Toronto, um, you know, mentoring those uh, those young kids in Toronto who are now, you know, the superstars in, um, you know, Matthews and Marner. Um, look, guys, this guy has played has played the most regular season games in 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 nhl history he has 566 goals 630 assists um and the greatest part of that is you know he started he he was entered the league as the youngest you know eligible you know draftee Uh, and he started the nhl when i started skating so he's been he's been playing in the nhl for as long as i've known how to even skate and he's played and another crazy stat he's played with 34% of every of all of the NHL players that have ever played the game. He's played with a third of every single NHL player that's ever played in the NHL, which is insane to even think about. The greatest part of that is this guy is 41 years old. He is, he, he is still in a top six role um, with the San Jose sharks and the, and it takes a lot to be able to, 
you know, show your coach that you're worthy of getting, you know, getting in the lineup night in, night in and night out. And he's done it more than anybody else has in the league. And he's done it, you know, through, I would say two or three different, you know, eras of the chain of, of, of the game changing the game's gotten faster that he's had to adapt to that. And he has, and he's, a, he's still a very, you know, um, effective player out there. And, you know, at the end of the day, if, if you're a player that's not going to contribute and, and, you know, make a difference, then you're, you're not, you're going to be sat regardless of how many games you played. And clearly if, you know, as he continues to hop the boards and get, and get on the, uh, get on the roster, you know, night in, night out, he's clearly showing that he can still make a difference. And, and I think that that in and of itself is amazing. Um, th- this is a stat that, you know, we'll, we'll go down the history books. Um, I do want to ask you, Tyler, really quick. I, First, I want to ask you how many games do you think he plays? And second, is he worthy of a Hall of Fame bid? Wow. Uh, first, I know that was kind of a shot. I, I didn't ask yeah. you that earlier. You didn't ask me that. <laughs> uh, but first, real quick, with that, with that 34% um, stat you mentioned earlier with all the, all the players in the NHL, I wonder how they came up with this. Like, did some, someone actually like, go through every single game, get the rosters? I have no and, like clue. divide the numbers or is like computer science that advanced where you can just ask the computer and like gives you that. That's what I think about like how long did it take them to actually get that number? Yeah, like, I like, Google. Yeah, Couldn't like, tell you. That's unbelievable. So anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, so games played, what he, he's probably 90-ish games from 2000? Uh, no, he's, he's actually over a hundred okay, over, over 200 100. actually he's at 7, 1767 if you're if you're including regular season only he is very close to, to meeting messier's overall games at 2000 right. yeah I, I saw that so i think it'd be cool for him to beat that record so then he can be the yeah. ultimate hockey guy and so I, yeah. I i think he'll probably play one more season yeah um, and kind of beat that mark uh, it'd be super cool to get to 2000 i don't know he's like yeah i'll be really pushing it um <laughs> But hey, you you never know. I mean, he's he's made it this far. Might as well keep going. It's like Forrest Gump, right? Yeah. Um, so, and then Hall of Fame. I think you gotta have a Hall of Fame bid for him. I mean, he's you know, you know, yeah. His, his stat wise, there's nothing that really jumps out at you. Um, but just to be able to play at that elite level for that long, I mean, I feel like you 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 gotta have at least a consideration. Yeah. Um, so to 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 give you guys the actual math he's like 38 games away from 2000 so he's gonna get it oh, next year go. for sure no problem um if he plays another season that is i assume he would but he, he's only on a one-year contract so hopefully san jose would sign him for the league minimum and call it a day um yeah. just to give him those games look Traded. i, I, don't I heard to... this i heard this story about patrick marlow and i gotta tell it before we yeah move on. okay i was listening to this other podcast today and patrick marlow i guess has this reputation around the league as the guy that gets naked the quickest in the locker room. <laughs> so in between, like, I know you guys know this, but for, you know, maybe not like avid hockey fans, the players have about 18 minutes in between periods. Like once they get off the ice, if they have to do stupid, like, re- you know, interviews with reporters or whatever. And so Patrick Marlowe is the, always the quickest to get naked. And then I guess every single time he'll either take an ice bath or like a super cold shower because it's, it like helps him with like his lactic acid buildup and you know, whatever. But I heard that. And like, I know Tyler, this is Tyler's thing, but I thought that was so funny. That like, it. Quickest guy to get naked. He, that's what he should, that's oh, what he's that's, known for. So he, so he dresses down and then he puts back on all the sweaty, nasty pads that he had on. 
I'm assuming he gets that's for the end of the game, or does he have different sets of pads for each period? I that part I don't know, but I'm assuming he's a professional hockey player. I'm sure they give him new, I'm sure they all get new pads. Yeah, do you see Darnell Nurse's glove has a major hole in it? I'm not surprised. Like for somebody who makes millions of dollars and playing for the National Hockey League, you can't get new gloves. We we live, but he may not want it. We we're hockey. I would say is is you know maybe next to baseball is we're just creatures of habit, which leads me to another Patrick Marlowe story to to go off of Alex, the guy, the guy. So he I think he wore like some kind of CCM skates that were discontinued, and when he knew that they were going to be discontinued, he bought up the entire stock because he did not want to ever change skates. You know, ever. And cool. just this year, or it might have been last year, he ran out and he actually had to go into a, a new age skate. But it just goes to show, like, you know, these guys are creatures of habit. That's just how it, how it kind of goes. So, James, I mean, he's just, he probably just likes it. I don't, I don't know. Um, look, before I, before I put a nail in this, I, uh, I think that he'll be considered for the Hall of Fame. I just I think that he's kind of in the Hall of Very Good Players. Like he, he is not a hall of famer. Like he is, and he, he, he will go down as a, a, probably the, 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 the best player over a regular season, like continuously, but he just doesn't have enough stats. I think to, to, to warrant a, a hall of fame bid, unless you just want to give him the, the, because he had that many games. Um, although I will say that it, this, this achievement couldn't have been, you know, achieved by a better person. I mean, he is widely regarded as, as a, as a league favorite, a fan favorite, and he's one of those players that even if you're a Kings fan, even if you're a Ducks fan, and if you don't like this guy, you're you're you probably should check yourself because you're kind of an asshole because he's a good guy, genuinely. Um, you know, he's not like a like an Evander Kane or or a, or a um, you know Kachuk, Corey Perry or a Kachuk, right? He's he's a genuinely good guy and um, a great teammate, and I I give my full congratulations to to Patrick Marlowe. Um, what an achievement. Um, and I'm glad you got to play in Vegas where there was actually fans to, to, to appreciate that. That, that was, that was really great. Um, and so moving on before I get emotional, that's a big one that got, leaves a lump in my throat. That's a, that's a, that, that's a big achievement for, to, for a hockey fan to, to see. So, uh, moving on the Dallas stars, um, Alexander Radulov and Bishop, their goalie, Ben Bishop are done for the season. Adding to the woes of the stars, these guys have been beat up. Um, these guys had to deal with COVID early on. These guys had to deal with the the uh, the winter storm in Texas. I, I asked James to, you know, I, are the stars done? I mean, are are should we pull a nail in them? I've been I've been sitting here on my um you know on the podcast and on my weekly um you know power rankings saying you know don't watch out for the Dallas Stars. I know they're you know they're a few spots back, but they got a lot of games in hand. You know, l- losing these two players are they? Are they done? Do I need to give up my belief? No, dude. Uh, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And that's going to be the case of the Dallas Stars here. Ben Bishop, the players you named, Bishop and Radulov. Bishop hasn't played at all anyway. He hasn't stepped on uh, the ice one time this season. Um, he played a little bit in the playoffs last year. I think it was like two games. But he, he's been MIA. He's been hurt. Radulov, on the other hand, has only appeared in nine or 11 games. And in those 11 games, he's put up 12 points. Uh, four goals and eight assists. His last game was three eighteen, so that was more than a month ago. In that time period, Dallas has gone eight and nine, and five of those losses came in extra time. So they're competitive uh, overall. Like even though Reds have only played in eleven games, they didn't win all those, but they also didn't lose all those. You know, yeah. 
the thing like the two players you mentioned weren't that big of factors to begin with. Currently, Dallas is on a two-game win streak. Tyler Sagan is slated to come back in the next couple of days, probably even sooner. Um, I'm tempted to say that Tyler Sagan in a couple of games has a bigger impact than Radulov does. I don't know. I, we haven't seen Tyler Sagan play post-surgery, but his presence and his natural talent and his IQ on the ice and all the above that makes him that good and for as long as he is, is going to show up eventually and is going to have more of a presence than Radulov did. Right now, they're th- about three points back from the fourth seed. Might be five now because I think Nashville won tonight. Uh, but the fact of the matter, they what? So to Dallas, so they're still three. Okay, yeah, so they're still three points back. And they've played two to three games less than everybody else in that division. They can still make that up. So truth be told, at the end of the day, in conclusion, they still have a chance. radzlov has been out forever. Bishop hasn't played. They're pretty much going to be the same team with the addition of Tyler Sagan. That's a lot of help right there. Would you put money on that, that then that they would be the fourth spot? Yeah, I'm a betting man. Let's do it. I love it. I love it. Um, look, and this actually leads into the third point that uh, that I asked Alex to, to kind of go into. I, I'll, I'll say this. I think that three of the divisions are more or less set. I mean, the North set. I don't think Calgary or Vancouver have a chance. Um, in the East, Rangers are kind of knocking at the door, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think that's I think the East is locked up. And the the West is a shit show. Like it's going to be either Arizona or St. Louis, and they're both going to be you know clapped in the first round. So it's not even something to worry about. The Discover Central is a is a battle for that last spot between three teams. I mean, we have Nashville in it, we have Dallas in it, and we have Chicago in it. Columbus has fallen below Detroit, you know, in terms of a tiebreaker, which is insane to hear to think about. Um, so they're done Detroit's too. I mean, Detroit and Columbus are too far. So those three teams are vying for it. And what I didn't realize, James, is that Dallas has four game, has a four game series against the Red Wings this week. And one of them, and one of them was a win today. So that's a, that's a big thing. Um, so I, I like to think that they're still going to be the team that makes it in. They're the only team that has a positive goal differential, um, you know, of those three teams. Um, so I, I think that they do have a good shot. They just are fighting through those, um, those you know injuries um so i would agree with you however moving on to my third point alex uh, alex nashville and chicago play a three-game series this week which could be the defining week of the central four spot and now we know that you know uh, uh the stars are playing four games against the red wings so this is probably the most important week for the discover central who do you have winning the series? And do you think that winner will be the fourth playoff team or said differently, who is going to be that fourth spot? Yeah. So before we had started talking about this, I was going to say Dallas. They, I mean, we talked about this before the plus plus minus goal differential thing is huge. You know, mm-hmm. teams that go into the playoffs as a, as a, you know, have a negative uh, goal differential are terrible. Um, so I so to answer your questions, I think Nashville is going to win the series. So even if they take you know two out of three, and then I still think now Dallas has right now three games in hand over Nashville. Yep, and they're three points back. They could easily be in that fourth spot. We we talk a week from now, it would not surprise me. I think that I don't think Chicago. I think they were a fun story at the beginning of the season. We were like, oh, crap, do we need to take them seriously? And they've kind of come back to earth a little bit. Um, I think that if Nashville 
if like, especially if Nashville can win all three games, Chicago's done. It's over. Yeah. That's too much to come back from. If Nashville takes two out of three, I think it's going to be a fight. Um, you know, I think we were all pretty down on Nashville at the beginning of, you know, when we were doing our uh, previews. They've been a surprise team. You know, Dallas has just had an unbelievably brutal season um, and pretty much picking up, piggybacking off of what James said. They don't need those guys. They haven't had them all year. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Nashville ends up in the fourth, fourth spot because I don't, want, I don't want to agree with James. Yeah, <laughs> what do you want? 20, Let's, do another 50. Let's do another 50 Fine. so that I finally get my 100 back. Deal. 50 bucks. Nashville wow. ends the season as the fourth, fourth seed. And I said Dallas. Okay. So you heard it here. We have James that has Dallas and uh, Alex that have Nashville. They have, I mean, by a margin of error, they have the exact same point percentage, and which is what I've been you know, talking about this whole time. So this, this, uh, this, uh, um, you know, bet is pretty close. I mean, it's pretty even. Um, I, I, I think that Dallas, I think I have to hold on to my belief. I've had this belief since the beginning of the season that Dallas is going to be the team to make it. I would look, I would look kind of bad if I gave up on them now, especially, you know, looking at their schedule this week and the fact that Nashville and Chicago play each other, you know, three times, like those three teams are playing most important games of their season right now. And I agree. I will agree with you, Alex, that if Nashville wins the next two, then Chicago's done. We're, we're, we're leaving Chicago out and it's a Dallas Nashville, um, Nashville, uh, you know, playoff or, you know, uh, fight that said, Dallas does have three games up here against Dallas or against Detroit, but you know, yeah, we can talk about them having games at hand, but the important thing is you have to win those games. You need to actually get points out of those games. And you know, yes, they, they took care of business tonight, but you have to continue. And it was only by one goal. I mean, it was, it was a fight and Detroit guys. I don't know if you guys have been watching, they're fighting hard. They are a team that does not want to be at that bottom of the, of the division. They don't want to be at the bottom of the leaderboard anymore. They're playing good hockey um, they're buying in and you know, they're, they're going to try and spoil some, some, some uh, competition here. And it might start with the stars. It ended up in shoot in a shootout today. So, um, you know, it could have gone either way. Um, so I think we're going to be watching this very, very closely. Um, I have the stars. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to jump on the, uh, the star. I mean, I've been on the stars bandwagon this whole time. I just think that they have on paper, the better team, um, but they are banged up. So I would not be surprised to see Nashville get in there. Um, I got to give my props to Nashville. I didn't even, I wasn't even talking about them about two or three weeks ago and all of a sudden they came out of nowhere. Um, so, you know, props to them. Um, so yeah, I have Dallas as well, but I, I think that either the bet is going to be close and I can't wait to see who wins that money between you guys. And we'll let everyone know the outcome of that. Um, before I sign off uh, this segment, I do want to say, I want to congratulate the, the, um, the Vancouver Canucks for, for beating the Toronto Maple Leafs last night. They hadn't played for almost a month uh, because of COVID. They had only, you know, been, they only got to practice three times um, with, with some pushback um, by them against the league for trying to get them to hurry up and, and get playing last week. Um, they were out of shape. A lot of them had a variant of the COVID that really, you know, hurt, you know, it affected them big time, you know, and physically, um, and you know, when you don't play that, when you don't get to be on the ice for over two weeks, you lose it. I mean, you, I mean, you guys are in the, you know, um, sports medicine, you guys know that if you aren't playing, if you aren't working out, you, you lose it quickly, especially in a type of sport that, that hockey is. So I couldn't believe it when I turned on the game last night and the Canucks were down by one and then they came back and won in overtime. 
yes, they were dominated, but their goalie kept them in it. Um, and, and they found the heart and soul and, and they, they won that game. And I give them all the props because, you know, it, it, it's a good outcome for what they just went through. Um, also, I love to, to hear when Toronto gets embarrassed in some shape or form. So um, that, that is it. That is my hockey segment for the week. Thank you, Traden. Once again, great job. Uh, always look forward to those, those, the hockey talks with you. Uh, when we come back, we're going to finish off this uh, podcast. Um, James is coming back with the uh, NH- NFL mock draft uh, for the 2021 draft coming up. Uh, we're doing picks 11 through 20. Be right back. it's nfl draft time baby we're having tldr mock draft 2021 coming at you james is going to lead us through picks 11 through 20 but first i want you to know how good my jingle was (laughs) that was fantastic dude that was probably the second best intro that was good all right eric had one at the beginning of the nfl season a while ago i don't know if you remember that but that Uh, yeah he did he did that was a good one um so, ladies and gentlemen, this time around, we have Tyler instead of Eric. Eric sent me his picks very last minute, but he sent it anyway. And I'm pretty sure he has multiples in there, but it is what it is. Eric picked the same guy multiple times. Just a reminder, it's the mock draft and everybody has their own picks. But the winner of this, whoever gets the most right out of all the TLDR members, gets 25 bucks from me. And if I win, I'd get nothing because I'm giving away my own money. Well, but, we, can, right. we can pull together and give you the 25. Oh, that's fine. I love that idea. <laughs> <laughs> This time, we're going to start with pick number 20, and that's with Chicago Bears. Traden, who are you picking? All right. Coming in at 20 for the Chicago Bears, I have from Minnesota, Rashad Bateman. He's a wide receiver. Um, I know that desperately I, – I, I think that Andy Dalton needs some more, you know, some more help. He needs another receiving option. Um, they're going to load up on that wide receiver um, position, even though they need help on the offensive line. Um, I know I, I, it's crazy. But I think they're, I think they're going to take a wide receiver here. Tyler, starting off hot, I picked the exact same guy as you to trade in. Oh Congratulations God. on that one. Slot the same one, same thing. <laughs> trade in, that means you're wrong. Sorry, man, that sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah brutal. Alex, who you got? All right, boys, you ready? We got a trade. Oh, oh first trade of the we day. We got a trade. So I don't know the parameters of the trade. That's a problem for the executives to figure out. There'll be some later. There'll be some later round picks involved. But the Bears are going to trade up to take the number eight pick from the Panthers. So the Panthers are going to come down to number twenty. So this is going to be officially the Panthers pick for me, and it's going to be Taven Jenkins, offensive lineman from Oklahoma State, because they have now uh, Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater. They're going to want to protect those guys. So I have a trade going on. Uh, let's say the Panthers get a future second round and a future third round pick to go along with it. 2023. I would say that's pretty ballsy considering you can get like $25 for, for this whole thing. Yeah. That's a ballsy move, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude, the odds of that happening are so low, but it is what it is. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying I'm going, I'm going big. I think so, that if it, if he gets that right, you got to give him like extra points if that's right, like all of it. Yeah. So the so the Bears and the Panthers, and then so I will give my uh, Bears pick next week 
because they'll have the number eight pick. Interesting. I, I really, I'm curious to see why would it, what is the need that they need so much that they need a top eight pick to do it? What? That's something you're going to answer next week. Next week yeah. <laughs> um, so I did not have a trade. I sub the Chicago Bears taking with the number 20 pick. And with that pick, I went with Samuel Cosme, a tackle from Texas. He's one of the most consistent tackles in the draft. The dude only gave up six sacks total in three seasons at Texas. Uh, Chicago has a good defense. They've always had a good defense, but they need help on offense. And with Andy Dalton as your QB, he needs time. Uh, the Red Rocket needs time to process. You saw him last year with Dallas, the shit offensive line. They didn't do too hot. But in years prior, when he had the Bengals, they had an okay O-line, and then he did okay. He put up some decent numbers, and I think that's what the Chicago Bears need. So the drafting Samuel Cosme out of Texas. And Eric had the same exact thing as me, Samuel Cosme. Uh, number 19, the Washington football team. Tyler, who are you drafting? Uh, I got Zavin Collins, linebacker out of Tulsa. Um, get some more defensive depth on that team. Um, get some young talent along with those uh, some some good uh, veteran talent on that team. And just uh, keep keep building the, the, the defensive side of the ball there in Washington. I like it. Alex? I've got another trade. No, I'm just kidding. Oh my God. <laughs> Everybody's trading. Everyone's trading. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I have Kadarius Tony wide receiver out of Florida to pair with Terry McLaurin. Uh, keep that. The defense is legit. They were top three last year. Get that wide receiver core even better there in Washington. Who, who was the wide receiver you said? Kadarius Tony wide receiver, Florida. Wow. He's like not even on my board at all. That's a deep pick. Yeah. Tyler. <laughs> trading sorry <laughs> all good um from virginia tech i got caleb uh caleb farley cornerback look the washington you know line is incredible let's make let's get that secondary elite he is an elite he's gonna get, he's gonna make that defense defense like incredible that's where they pick they're gonna they're gonna be the 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 strongest defensive team in the league I went with wide receiver Rashad Bateman, which you guys had said last pick out of Minnesota. Terry McLaurin needs a compliment. Terry McLaurin's a small, speedy guy, so they need a big body wide receiver to be a compliment so that Fitzgerald can just throw a bunch of bombs everywhere. And that's exactly what this guy is. 1,200 yards last season and 11 touchdowns. Crazy numbers. Eric picked Christian Derrissaw, an offensive tackle, to add to an already off elite offensive line, which I don't – it doesn't make sense, but that's why. Why? why though? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to number 18, the Miami Dolphins. Alex. All right. For the Dolphins, I have Creed Humphrey, center, Oklahoma. You now have Tua Tagovailoa. What the fuck you say his name? <laughs> He's your fran- yeah, thank you. He's your franchise quarterback. You got to protect him. So Creed Humphrey, center, Oklahoma. Dude, your picks are just crazy because i've never heard of these guys before <laughs> we'll just wait for Trading. it um from clemson i got travis etienne running back um i think i think that miami has a pretty you know solid roster i think that they're just gonna they're gonna land um you know they're gonna land this running back and they're gonna be a they're gonna be a salt uh team to beat um, <laughs> tyler i went on the defensive side here uh quitty pay i don't know if i pronounced that right uh edge edge out of michigan any reasoning behind that or just that <laughs> just that okay sorry that um, one on that one <laughs> i also went defense i went with linebacker from notre dame jeremiah uwusu koamora you guys had him i know tyler and Trayden had him last week or two weeks ago 
Uh, I don't think he slips that far. He is legit the best coverage linebacker in this draft. The dude can also play slot cornerback, so he can play multiple positions. That's something that's needed in this NFL, especially now that the NFL is moving towards more of a passing league. At number 18, Eric had Jalen Phillips, who he thought was a tight end, but Jalen Phillips is actually a defensive end. He just wrote tight end for some reason. Eric doing Eric things. Number 17, the Los Angeles Raiders, or Las Vegas Raiders. Holy shit. Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> Trading, who you got? For the Irwindale Raiders. No, they were almost the Irwindale Raiders, <laughs> which is where I'm from. Um, I have from USC, Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, off, uh, offensive line. Um, I think that he's, he now, like, I think that they're going to build that offensive line on, uh, you know, both sides. Carr is going to be, we're, hey, Eric, Derek Carr is going to be even better than he was last year. And he was actually pretty damn good. So just so you know, Eric agreed with you. He also had the same exact pick. So go, Eric. Tyler, <laughs> who you got? Uh, I also went on the offensive line, but I went with Christian Derisaw, Virginia Tech. I actually think uh, Vera Tucker is going to be picked a little bit earlier, but we'll get to that later. Oh, okay. Um, Alex. Uh, I did not go with that. And <clears throat> as we said on how to fix the Raiders, they need defense. So I went with Christian Barrymore, defensive lineman out of Alabama. Uh, he will fit into that defensive line. That needs to get after the quarterback because they were terrible at it last year. But that's why I got James. Tyler, it's crazy to think that uh, he won't slip because I had – Elijah Vary Tucker at 31 to the Chiefs. Um, but for myself, I picked J.C. Horn, a cornerback from South Carolina. The Raiders' defense was awful last year. They're in desperate need of a quarterback. We said that multiple times before in the needs segment. I suggested they pick up Richard Sherman. They didn't do that. They still might. He's still a free agent. But J.C. Horn is an elite press corner. He only allowed eight receptions last year and also had two picks. So I think they're going to go defense with this pick. Number 16, the Arizona Cardinals. Tyler. I'm going to go with Greg Newsom, a cornerback out of Northwestern. Uh, I think defense is one of their weaknesses, uh, and they're going to try and build up, especially with, with, with the pass, the pass protection or pass defense. Um, so cornerback, uh, Greg Newsom, Northwestern. Eric had the same thing as you, Tyler. Woo. Alex, who you got? Well, this is going to sound dumb now because when I picked these, things had changed. But I had Najee Harris, the running back from Alabama, going here originally. Um, and I'm going to have to keep it because I didn't have time to redo them. Uh, but since they have signed some running backs now, this is sounding kind of dumb. <laughs> I mean, the fact, the fact of the matter is James Conner might get injured in the yeah. next two or three weeks. Yeah. The dude's so injury prone, he might get injured golfing. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Trading, what do you got? Um, so this is where I disagree with you, James, because J.C. Horn is going to be picked up by Car uh, the Cardinals at round 16. Uh, they're in desperate need of a cornerback, and he's going to he's going to play immediately, and that's where that's where he goes. So I went with defense as well. I went with Trayvon Morig from TCU as safety. But the thing is, he's not only a safety; he can also play as a slot cornerback, and he led the nation in pass breakups. So you pick a guy who can play multiple positions on the defensive defensive side. I think that's the best place for him is the Arizona Cardinals. Number 15, the Patriots. Alex. So the Patriots are known for picking some interesting players with some interesting backstories. So I'm going with Micah Parson, the linebacker out of Penn State. He's got kind of a checkered history, I guess is a good way to put it. If there's anyone to get him set straight, that would be Mr. Belichick. 
Um, they lost a lot of guys um, to retirement uh, or, and, you know, people sitting out last year on the defensive end. So I'm going Micah Parson, linebacker out of Penn State. Like it. Trading. Uh, for Michigan, I have uh, Quiddy Pay, defensive line. Um, I think that he's going to fit nicely with his explosiveness. He's going to fit in nicely with, uh, with Belichick's system. Uh, he's, he's a, he's a raw talent. I think he's, I think he's going to fit nicely there. Uh, Tyler, uh, Julian Edelman's gone. So they're going to need some, uh, wide receiver depth. Uh, so I'm going to go with Jalen Waddle out of Alabama. Um, this is a guy I mentioned earlier going to some different teams, but I think, uh, he's going to end up slipping down to 15 with the, with the Patriots. So you initially thought he was going to get picked number five by yep. the Bengals, and now you have him picked as 15 with the Patriots. That's affirmative. All right. Yeah. What a Good draw. Stuff. Great job. Ten, yeah. ten positions. Yeah, I'm learning. <laughs> um, Eric was on the same mindset as you. He went with wide receiver, but he went with Devonta Smith, which is crazy to think that a high zone runner would drop to 15. But that's what Eric has going to the Patriots. I also went with another Alabama product, though, from a QB out of Alabama, Michael McCorkle-Jones. That's what I'm going to go with. Bill Belichick is going to get his guy. Um, the fact of the matter is there's only about four teams that need a quarterback, Pages being one of them. Picks ahead of them, like the Vikings, the Chargers, the Eagles, the Giants, the Cowboys. They don't need a, they don't need a quarterback. So I don't think they need to trade up to get their guy. And I, Mac Jones just feels like the kind of quarterback that Belichick wants. He's accurate. He's not really much of a showboaty type quarterback. He get he's in the pocket, has great pocket presence, and will throw the ball where it needs to be. And that's kind of what the Bill Belichick offense is predicated on. It's one of those quick throws that are set up over time, hitting tight windows. And that's what Mac Jones can do. He's the most accurate quarterback in this draft. So I think he'll go to the Patriots. Uh, number 14, Minnesota Vikings, trading. Uh, from Virginia Tech, I got uh, Christian Derrissaw, um, uh, offensive lineman. Um, I think he's going to be – I think he's going to upgrade that that offensive line. He's going to he's gonna play week one, I think. Wow, okay. Tyler. Um, Elijah Vera Tucker, I mentioned uh, him uh, going early in the draft. I think this is where he will land. The Vikings, uh, like I said, I believe uh, offensive lines where they need help. And I think uh, they're going to select Vera Tucker out of USC. Uh, real fast, Eric had the same thing as trading uh, Christian Derrissaw offensive tackle. Alex. Uh, so, trading, I have Quiddy Pay going here, mm. D lineman for Michigan. Um, the Vikings did not get after the quarterback last year. Um, they're going to need to change that. So, I have Quiddy Pay. D lineman, Michigan, going at number 14. I had also had a D lineman, but I had Christian Bearmore, defensive tackle out of Alabama. The Vikings as a whole have some pretty good edge rushers. Historically, the interior rush isn't always there. The Vikings used to be really good at defense. That was kind of the calling card last year. It was the opposite. They were the worst at defense, and they suffered immensely. So I think that they got to show up that defensive line, work from the inside out, and build that defense again. This guy can rush from the inside. Like I said, he had 11 sacks from the interior. That's really hard to do. You're getting triple teamed in the interior, and he did that. That's like Aaron Donald type stuff. And by the way, Aaron Donald's innocent. If you guys were following that story, the video said that way he wasn't there. So the accuser was just an idiot. Um, but yeah, moving on to 13, the Los Angeles Chargers. Tyler. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Heisman Trophy winner, Devontae Smith here. Um, I do think he's going to fall. I just think other teams need different needs earlier in the draft. Um, so I'm going to go with the Alabama wide receiver there, the Chargers. 
uh, hopefully uh, the uh, Los Angeles is going to build a pretty, a pretty nice offense there. Uh, so they're going to go with uh, Devontae Smith. Alex. I also went offense, but offensive line, Justin Herbert is a franchise quarterback. You need to protect him. Rashawn Slater, offensive tackle, Washington, going at number 13 to the Chargers. Jaden. Ditto. Okay. I also have an offensive tackle, but I went with Christian Derrissaw, tackle from Virginia Tech. Dude didn't allow any sacks. Just like Alex said, you got to protect your franchise QB. Eric made a pick here that I disagree with wholeheartedly. Guy's an idiot. If he was here, I'd say it to his face. He picked (laughs) Kyle Pitts. He thinks Kyle Pitts is going to drop to 13, which is insane. Oh, my God. That, that's – the dude is on one. I, dude, I Maybe dude, should stop guy, reading his. his that, guy is, that guy is, is going to be a force, dude. That's what I'm saying, man. He's like <laughs> he's like a George Kittle, Travis Kelsey hybrid. That's how good he is. That's scary. I'm very excited for him. Yeah. <laughs> but he hasn't gone to 13. doesn't make any no. sense. Oh, my God. Um, number 12, the Philadelphia Eagles, Tyler's favorite team. But, Alex, you go first. Yeah, so this is where I have my – the first uh, – or I guess, well, this point to be the last wide receiver out of Alabama coming out. So I've got Jalen Waddle here going to the Eagles, pair with Jalen Hurts, who's going to apparently be Patrick Mahomes next year. Uh, Throwback to Tyler saying that like six months ago. Uh, so Jalen Waddle, wide receiver, Alabama, going to the Eagles. Trading. Ditto. <laughs> oh, my God. Tyler, talk about your favorite team. Yeah, what are the Eagles always – I mean, they suck at a lot of things, but one thing that they suck at pretty consistently is, uh, is, is, in, is on the defensive side, pass defense. Okay, so they're going to get a cornerback, uh, and they're going to go J.C. Horn of South Carolina, um, get some young – I mean, he'll probably suck because I feel like every time they try and fix the cornerback safety situation, most of the time it doesn't work out. But I'm going to have faith in it. They're going to go cornerback, J.C. Horn, South Carolina. I'm blanking on his name. Jerry Alexander. He is the most – he was the best cornerback there was last year in the NFL, just so you know. Uh, I'm going to agree with Alex and Traden. I'm going to go wide receiver, but not Jalen Waddle. I'm going with Devonta Smith. He's an elite route runner. He gets open at will. He's going to be a huge help for the development of Jalen Hurts because he can get open at will, which makes reads so much easier. Um Eric went with Jeremiah Uusu, a linebacker. Um, James, Jair Alexander plays for the Packers. Damn it, you're right. I My didn't boy. even – yep, I'm an idiot. Okay. Mm, yeah. Moving on. That was Back a check. good one. Moving on. Wow. <laughs> who, who is that guy with crazy hair for the Eagles? He's a cornerback. Uh, Ronald, what's his face? Darby? No, is that who not Ronald about? Darby. He has, like, green hair. I don't know. I didn't watch the Eagles this season. They were they were so bad. <laughs> wow, I feel like such an idiot. Wow, you're right. That was a big, big win for <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, scratch that. Anyway, let's take a go with Devontae Smith from Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> Last but not least, we got the New York Giants at number 11. Trading, who you got? Um, I got linebacker Micah Parsons um, I, from Penn State. Um, I think he's going to, you know, I think they've already addressed their, um, you know, skill positions. Um, in free agency, so I think that they they gotta um, fix the linebacker position, and I think that that's their pick. I agree one hundred percent. I went with the same exact thing. All reports say is the best linebacker to come out of the draft in years. The guy had missed only eleven tackles total in his college career. Um, he has the pass rushing moves of an edge rusher as a linebacker, but also the coverage skills of a safety as a linebacker. 
you guys insane. And I think the addition of Kelly Galladay kind of makes the fact that they don't need to get a wide receiver. He just focus on their defense. Tyler, what you got? Uh, I got Rashawn Slater, offensive lineman of Northwestern. Uh, get some offensive line help there uh, in New York. They got a lot of uh, things they need to, need to fix, but, you know, we can start with that one. Alex? Well, James, you make me look like an idiot, but I think Devonta Smith goes here to the Giants. Oh. So back to, wide receiver, Alabama, back-to-back picks. Uh, okay. Pairing with Daniel Jones, that still makes that offense – that will make that offense elite – the NF, you know, the NFC East is going to be terrible anyway. So, Eric Go and Jalen Waddle from Alabama. That was his pick, a wide receiver. So he's on the same wavelength as you, Alex. Well, that doesn't make me feel good. <laughs> For real. And uh, that's eleven through twenty. Stay tuned. Next week we'll go through one through ten, which is going to be pretty exciting. Oh yeah, top ten is always the most fun, and I'm really excited to actually. I mean, I always excited for the draft, but even more excited just to see who's going to win this draft. It's going to be a yeah, fun one to watch. So James, thank you as always uh, leading us through the NFL mock draft. Um, and that's going to do it here for episode 43 of TLDR podcast. Thank you so much for, for listening um, and make sure to uh, uh, like us and subscribe on all of our platforms, uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube. Uh, thank you guys. We really appreciate it um, and have a great week. And we'll see you next time.